Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. All right, welcome to the special edition of All Things Catholic. I'm Edward Sree, here on location in Rome, right outside the Great Basilica of St. John Lateran. We've been on pilgrimage here, one of the first American groups coming back to Rome. We've been told by all the places we've been. We've been to St. Peter's, we've been to the catacombs, but now we're coming to St. John Lateran. And what we're doing is we're standing up, before we go into the magnificent basilica, we're standing outside this very old structure here that was built by the Emperor Constantine. So this, this structure here goes all the way back to the 300s. This was the baptistry, the famous baptistry. Uh, and this is so important to understand what was going on in the early church, so important to understand the, the basilica that we're going to see. What I want you to do though, is I want you to imagine being a, a Roman citizen and you grew up in a pagan culture but you're, you came across some Christians and you were moved by their witness and you're thinking about this Christian thing and thinking about becoming a Christian. And so you go through the, the early process of what we call today RCIA and you're going through this intense preparation, spiritual preparation, moral preparation, catechetical preparation. And then finally, on the climactic day, you come to this very building. You come right here to be baptized. You come to the Bishop of Rome. The Pope is going to baptize you in this building. And what I want to share with you is what happened inside here because everything you did in this building, all of the rituals, the words, the symbols were there to really wake you up to realize how profound a moment this was. And it was all there to tell you about the profound transformation really taking place inside of you, that you were being changed in this moment. So what happened when you came in to this baptistry? First thing you would do is you would face west. You would face west and you would say a prayer, rejecting Satan and rejecting all of his works and his empty promises. You would say a prayer facing west, rejecting Satan and all his works. And then you would turn around, you would turn east. So you would be turning your back on Satan and turning east symbolizing where the sun rises. So you have the sunrise in the east and you're turning toward the light, turning away from the darkness, turning away from Satan to follow Jesus, the light of the world, the light that was going to come inside of you. So you would be turning away from Satan and turning toward Christ, the light of the world, the light that's going to come dwell inside you in baptism. That's really what repentance is all about. The word repent in the Bible from the Greek literally means to turn, to turn back, to turn around. And you are physically doing that as you say your prayer rejecting Satan, turn your back on him and face the light, the East, Christ who's coming to dwell within your soul. The second thing that you would do is you would step into a large basin that was known as the baptismal font, but it's not like baptismal fonts we think of in our churches today. This baptismal font inside this ancient baptistry was shaped like a Roman tomb. Everybody walking in here would see there's a tomb there, a tomb filled with water. And you would be going into the tomb. Why? Because it's symbolizing death. Baptism is a kind of death where we're dying to self, 
we're dying to a former way of life. We're dying to a, a former way of looking at the world. I'm going to look at reality differently. I'm going to live differently. I'm going to live for Christ. So I'm, I'm dying to myself. So you're stepping into this tomb uh, and, and you're dying to yourself. And then the bishop would ask you three questions as you're in this tomb. He would ask you, do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? And you would say, yes, I believe. And then you would be immersed in the water. And then he'd ask you that second question. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord? And, it, and then you would say, amen, I believe. And then you would be dunked again in the water. And then he'd ask you the third question. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints? And then you would say, amen, I believe, and be dunked in the water a third time. And so you went through the creed, but the creed wasn't just some ideas, some principles, some doctrines way out here in the sky. You were ritually giving your life to that whole creed, that story of our faith summed up with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You're saying yes to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It would be like your wedding vows to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you're immersed in the waters that symbolize your interior cleansing. And then you would step out of this tomb-shaped baptismal font, and that would symbolize resurrection. You're rising from death, taking on new life in Jesus Christ. And then they would put a white garment over you. You would be dressed in white, signifying you're being purified. You're being light. You are now putting on Christ, as St. Paul says in his letter to the Galatians. So you're putting on the white garment, putting on the life of Christ. Now, why is there all this ritual inside this little baptistry, this ancient baptistry going back to the 300s? Why do we have all this ritual in our churches today? We had a mass with bread and wine and candles. If you've been to a baptism today, there's water, there's candles, there's oil. Why do we have all of these rituals, all these symbols? Does God really need this? You Catholics, you just do things so complicated. You should just have a personal relationship with Jesus and just be spiritual with him. We don't need all this ritual and symbol. Well, God doesn't need all of this ritual and symbol. I would say that's true. God doesn't need that. God is God. He accepts our hearts and our praises and our thanksgiving without all the rituals and all the symbols. That's not why we have it. We have all the rituals and symbols because we need it. God knows us. He made us. He knows how we work. He knows that we are human beings with the senses. We see, we hear, we feel. And so all of these things are meant to, to grab our senses, to wake us up to realize what's happening inside that very building right there, that baptistry. What's happening there is the most amazing thing happening on this planet. Tonight, the, the Italian soccer team is playing in the European League, uh, and they have a big game. Jack, who are they playing against? They're playing against Wales today, and they win this game. They win every, all three games in their group stage. That is the biggest news item taking place today in Italy. That is nothing, absolutely nothing, compared to what's happening inside this building. And, and I don't care if you follow the NFL, or you follow the MLB, or you follow the, your favorite rock star, or the release of your favorite movie, or the release of the new iPhone. All of these news items, according to the world, are nothing compared to the baptisms happening, not just here in Rome, but in your own churches. The confessions that are heard every day in your churches, the bread and wine that every day has changed the body and blood of Christ is, is absolutely amazing, more spectacular, so much more significant than anything that you're gonna hear in the news of Wall Street or in Washington or in Hollywood. And that's why we have these rituals and the symbols to wake us up 
to see what's really happening. And that's what's going on in the church we're about to enter. As we go in to the Lateran, St. John Lateran, as we go into this church, we're going to see how to read a church. And that's one of the things I'm hoping that you, you pick up on. We saw that in our tour yesterday through St. Peter's. You're going to learn a lot as we go through the Basilica of St. John Lateran. But I really hope you come away with learning how to read a church. How to read a church. A church isn't just a building you walk in and go, oh, that's cool colors, or I like that statue. No, it's so much more than that. The way these churches were designed is like, as I said yesterday, theology in stone, theology in glass, theology in mosaics, the architecture, the way it's all laid out is meant to tell a story. And you need to understand the story that it's trying to proclaim. And so I want to teach us how to read a church. Let's think about what you're going to see inside St. John Lateran. When you go inside this church, you're going to be greeted by this big sign as you enter in. And it says, Most Holy Lateran Church, Mother and Mistress of all the churches in the city and the world. Now, that is not a church that has false humility. <laughs> this is a church that recognizes its great importance, not just for the city of Rome, but for the entire world. Why? Because this church here is the Pope's cathedral, not St. Peter's. That's where the, the Pope resides, and that's where he says most of his masses. But this is his cathedral. This is where the chair is. This is where he'll come to celebrate Holy Thursday Mass, right here at this place. This is where the, the popes resided all the way up to the 1300s. So think about that for a thousand years, from the time of Constantine all the way up to the 1300s, the popes resided here at St. John Lateran. And the whole way this church is designed is meant to tell us about this significance of this church, the Pope's church, where all the Romans entered the church through this baptistry and they entered into the life of Christ. So let me tell you about some of the things you're going to see when you walk into this church, because it, it can, you can see it is symbolizing what happens when you walk into the church, the Catholic church, when you're baptized. First of all, when you walk into this church, you're going to see that you're going to be greeted by 12 massive statues, six on the left and six on the right. Massive statues, and they represent the 12 apostles, each holding their particular symbol. And we're going to learn the symbols. So when you go through this church, you will learn the symbols of each of the apostles. That's what it was there to do, to remind you of the apostles who are the foundations of the church. They're in the pillars of St. John Lateran, symbolizing they're the pillars of the Catholic Church. Up above, above each of those 12 apostles, you're also going to see depictions of scenes from the Bible. On the left-hand side, you'll see scenes from the, from the Old Testament. And then on the right-hand side, you'll see scenes from the life of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. But what's really cool is that each image on the left prefigures an image from the right, from the life of Christ. So you're looking at the first image on the left in the Old Testament, you see, oh, it's about Adam. And then you see, oh, this is Adam prefiguring Jesus in some way on the right. So as you're, as you're walking down the aisle, you're, you're walking through the stories of each of the 12 apostles, the foundations of the church. As you walk down the central nave, you're also walking down salvation history. Literally, you're walking through salvation history, the whole Old Testament story that finds its climax in the story of Jesus on the right. And now you are living that story. You are entering that story after you're baptized and you walk into this cathedral, this amazing basilica. As you are walking down the center aisle, you cannot help but see 
What is gonna be up high in the apse, behind the main altar, up high? What do you see? You see this spectacular mosaic that depicts Jesus Christ coming on the clouds, the clouds of heaven, the Son of Man prophecy of Daniel chapter seven, the prophecy that the Son of Man would come and he'd come in glory and triumph over all the nations that were persecuting God's people. And then on the left and on the right, you're gonna see the four living creatures that Revelation chapter four tells us every time we celebrate mass, when you, you're entering into the heavenly liturgy and Revelation four tells us around God's throne are the four living creatures, the four angels that bow down and before God and his throne and never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. So when you celebrate the mass, and you get a little distracted, you happen to look up, it's right there to remind you, so you're not spiritually ADHD. The I am with the presence of the holy angels right now, here in the liturgy, in this sacred church. Even more, what I want you to notice in this mosaic is the cross that's there. Right in the center of this mosaic is this big cross, and coming out of the cross, you're going to see four rivers. So picture a cross, and underneath it, four rivers flowing down from the cross. Why four rivers? Who knows, where do we see four rivers in the Bible for the first time? You can, you, it reminds us of the temple, but where's the first time in the Bible we see the four rivers? Eden. Eden, in the book of Genesis, the four rivers in Eden, in paradise. And so Christ has come, the new Adam, the son of man has come and he's conquered. And through his cross, we have the four rivers now bringing a new Eden, a new paradise, eternal life. And then what you're gonna see is there's these two deer that are drinking from the streams of those four rivers. What do those deer represent? The psalm, what does the psalm say? As a deer yearns for running streams, so my soul longs for you, O Lord. So it's depicting how we as human beings are made for God, we thirst for God, and it's, we're only gonna find fulfillment in Jesus and in his church. Those four rivers, watch out, look at where they go. When we go into this church, I want you to look at where those four rivers go. They go down into a big river that's at the very bottom, at the very bottom of the apse. And that is like a new Jordan River. And in this river, you're gonna see lots of life. You'll see it's very green, full of many plants and flowers. You can see a lot of people alongside that river. You're gonna see fishermen, you'll see fish. It's bringing life. And so through Jesus Christ, we have the living waters that, that we yearn for and that is given to us through his church. How do, why is there all this emphasis on rivers? Four rivers coming from the cross, a new big Jordan River giving new life, deer coming to the waters. Why? Because of the baptistry. That's what this church is all about. This is where they were baptized, the waters that give us new life. Finally, last thing I want you to think about when we go into this church. This is the brightest of all of the churches. When you walk into the, to the four major basilicas, you know, there's some that have some light into it, we're gonna go into another one, St. Mary Major is a little bit darker. You go St. Paul outside the walls, a little bit darker still. But when you come into St. John Lateran's, you'll notice it's the brightest one. There is the most light inside this church. Why? Because there's all these windows. You'll see a number of windows that pour, allow clear windows that allow light to come in. Well, why did they do that? Oh, they just like light. No, it has to do with the baptistry. It's all pointing to what God is doing in our souls when we are baptized and we walk as disciples from that baptism, we have the light of Christ dwelling within us. 
And so as we walk down that nave, we pass the 12 apostles, we go through the story of the Old Testament, fulfilling the story of the New Testament. We see Jesus, we see the living waters, and the light is pouring into the church and shining on us, symbolizing the light of Christ radiating through our souls through the gift of baptism. Are you excited to go into this church now? I, I want you to see that this is how you read a church. You don't just walk in and go, oh, cool colors. You want to go in and understand the symbolism, and that's what we're going to do here at the Lateran, and that's what we'll do at all the churches we visit in Rome in the coming days. Now, one thing that Father John Paul suggested we do, which I think would be spectacular, is we take time to renew our baptism promises right here outside the ancient baptistry where all the Christians entered the church. And so I'll let Father do that, and we'll, but we'll close with the glory be, and then I'll hand it over to him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a special edition of All Things Catholic. I'm Edward Sree on location in Rome on pilgrimage. If you'd like to learn more about my pilgrimages to Rome or the Holy Land or Poland or other places, check out my website, edwardsree.com. That's edwardsri.com. Particularly Rome is open now. They're not requiring vaccination. You just have to do testing. And uh, it is so awesome being able to take pilgrims back on pilgrimage after all that we've gone through in the last 15 months around the world. So if you'd like to learn more about my pilgrimage, just check out my website, edwards3.com.